It is interesting, and I think uh, ultimately impressive, how some people have this ability to imprint images and designs and um, even phrases upon some of the hardest objects of all. First of all, you look here on the screen, you will see that James Edelman, one of our members here, James, you're not in this service, are you? James Edelman, one of our members here, is able to take stiff and very solid pieces of wood, and everything you see in these pictures, he has crafted. He has shaped by his own hands. He has taken tools, and he's carved, and he's gouged, and he's made lines, and he's made tiny feathers, and in that process, he has been able to imprint and make these beautiful birds. What great talent. I'm still, I'm still trying to color with my crayons, and what, what a great, great talent that is. And then you look around, and then there are some that are able to imprint on really even harder objects than wood. You see this, this hammer that someone that has taken a very hard piece of steel and has been able to imprint these types of designs. And then when you think about it, one of the hardest substance that is uh, natural to our earth diamonds. Even those hard substances like diamonds, people can now take lasers. And I don't know if you can see that, but this is a tiny diamond. And on the very edge of that diamond, you can see how they have lasered on some information about that diamond. They can even write phrases like, I love you forever on the side of a diamond. Isn't that impressive how they can take even the hardest known substance natural to our earth, something that's been in the earth for thousands and thousands of years, hardened by time, and they can take and they can put things and inscribe things on it. You see, ultimately, all of these things have left, people have left lasting impressions on them. And that, and that sentiment of leaving lasting impressions is really the very heart of this series that we've been in as we've talked about imprints, touching people like Jesus did. And over the last several weeks, we have been watching Jesus how he moved through this world and how he engaged people and how he touched them and imprinted upon their hearts and imprinted upon their lives his truths and his graces in some marvelous ways. You remember how Charles talked to us about how at one point as Jesus was going through this world, he encountered this, this woman who had been essentially bleeding to death for many, many years. 
And as he encounters her, he is able to imprint a healing that she desperately needed upon her life. But also in that very moment, he is able to imprint a message upon her heart that she needed to hear, which is that you are in fact a daughter of God and part of God's family. And then in the next sermon, I was talking about the moment in which Jesus was on the hillside and he was speaking to the crowd. And it was in that moment that he was able to impress upon the crowd and impress upon their hearts what true righteousness really looked like. And just how hard it was to get into the kingdom of heaven unless you had that righteousness which ultimately comes from Jesus. He wanted and did, I think, impress those truths upon their hearts. And then Chris, as he spoke to us, he spoke to us about a time when, when some men lowered another man down in the presence of Jesus as he was teaching and, and how he needed Jesus' healing and, and how Jesus did, in fact, touch him and imprint his healing power upon that man's life. But more than that, and even in a greater way, what he did was he reached out and he touched and he imprinted his forgiveness upon that man. He gave him forgiveness of sin, something that he needed even more than the healing that Jesus had imprinted upon his life. As we look at how Jesus has done this and how he has gone and how he went through life and he imprinted his truths and, and his goodness upon people, I want us to see and I want us to realize this. That there more often than not, there were people that Jesus encountered that he was not able to imprint the truths and the graces upon their hearts that he longed to touch them with. That Jesus, even though there were those that he encountered that, that allowed him to imprint on his hearts, there were some that just wouldn't let Jesus pierce their hearts and, and, and penetrate it and, and, and fill them with his truths and with, with his grace in the ways that he so desperately wanted them to have and in ways that he wanted to touch them. And in Scripture, and we don't know all of it, but Scripture is just full of one event right after another that showed to us that sometimes people just didn't allow Jesus to imprint upon their hearts. If you look at Mark chapter 10, that's where you find that, that one day as Jesus is going around that this very devout law keeper approached Jesus, and he asked Jesus a very important question. And, and he said, how can I inherit eternal life? Jesus knew who this man was, and he knew who his heart was. And, and the text there in Mark 10 said that Jesus loved this man. 
And so Jesus turns to him and he starts to speak to him and he's going to attempt to imprint upon his heart the way that he can have eternal life. And so he looks at him and he says, listen, in order to get eternal life, here's what you need to do. You need to go and sell all of your possessions. You need to give the, the funds to the poor and then you need to come and follow me. And even though Jesus loved him deeply, and even though Jesus spoke to him clearly, what we find out is that Jesus wasn't able to pierce his heart, that Jesus wasn't able to touch his heart with that message of truth. And we know that because the text says that he went away sad, having heard what Jesus said. And and then there's... Another moment in the life of Jesus, and, and it's we find it in Luke chapter 13. There's this heartbreaking moment in Jesus' life near the end of his ministry where he essentially looks out over the God's city, the great city of Jerusalem, and he cries out and he says these words, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you have killed the prophets and have stoned those sent to you. How often I long to gather your children together, even as a hen gathers her chick under her wings. But you were not willing. For years, Jesus had been trying to imprint upon their hearts that he was their Messiah, that he was the Savior of their souls, that he was the way and the truth and the life to get to the Father and eternal life in the kingdom of God. And yet, they were not willing to allow Jesus to imprint that upon their hearts. And then one more situation maybe one of the most heartbreaking moments, is that moment in which Jesus is eating in the upper room with his disciples. And it's that moment that he has to look at a disciple, one who he has poured out his love into, he's poured out all of his teachings, and he's even shared with him his spirit. But he has to turn to Judas in that moment and say to him, what you are about to do, do quickly. You see, Jesus for three years had been attempting to touch Judas's greedy heart and to try to imprint upon him that he needed to lay up his treasures in heaven and not on earth, but Judas wouldn't allow him to touch his heart that way, and thus he must go, and he must betray his Lord for 30 pieces of silver. As I look at these moments, and and I think there are more, but as I look at just these moments in Jesus' life, where he was trying so desperately with all of his love and with all of his inspiring teaching and even with his divine power, as he was trying so hard to imprint certain truths and goodness on people's heart, as I look at those moments, it leaves me with one very important realization and a very probing question. 
the realization is this. Hearts can be the hardest thing in the world upon which to imprint. You see, we've already seen the hardest wood and the hardest steel and the hardest known natural element to man. We have the ability to imprint on those things whatever we want and however we want to. But the truth here this morning is that Jesus often found it too hard to pierce our hearts. He found it too hard to pierce the hearts of the world. That's true. But he also found it sometimes too hard to even pierce the hearts of his own disciples. With certain truths and goodness that they needed to have imprinted upon their hearts. Even again with his great love and inspiring teaching and divine power, Jesus couldn't leave his imprints on hearts that had been hardened. That's just the facts. That's the realization. But out of that realization comes this very probing question for me. And I think for all of us. And that question is this. Are there regions of my heart that are so hard Jesus hasn't been able to leave his imprint. Are, are there places and areas within our heart that Jesus has tried to reach out and touch and shape and craft and tune and put his design upon in ways that will glorify God and bless us and bless other people, but yet as he's reached out and he's tried to put his finger there and he's tried to leave his imprint there, what he's found is that there are areas there in our hearts that he cannot actually touch. That he can't put his imprint upon. I, I look out and I, I look out at you this morning. I even look at myself in the mirror today. And I look at the world of Christianity, and it's easy to see, and I praise God, and we should be so thankful that Jesus has been able to touch so many of our hearts. Amen? That, that he's been able to touch our hearts with his faith, his message of faith, and it's been imprinted on our hearts, and he's been able to imprint on us his salvation and everything it means to us. And he's been able to imprint in our hearts the joy of knowing his grace and his forgiveness, even though we continue to stumble and not do everything that he wants us to do. But as I look at all of those things in which Jesus has imprinted upon our hearts, things that are good and things that are true and things that we praise God for, the bottom line realization is this. There are still areas of our hearts that are resistant to his touch. We're keeping them back. We're letting them be too hard for him to leave lasting impressions. I could, we could talk about a lot of different examples 
of how that looks in our lives. I want to talk to you about three. Three that I see so often plague us. Areas of hardness in our hearts that that seem to stand out sometimes more than anything else in our world, in our lives. First of all, I see that Jesus has been finding it hard to touch our hearts with his standard of forgiveness. Think about it for a moment. It's the standard of forgiveness that he revealed. He revealed it to us in in that moment of his greatest agony and suffering and pain. It was there on the cross that he revealed his standard of forgiveness to us when he said, looking at the very people that had nailed him to that cross, and he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Listen, that is a standard of forgiveness that he is speaking and that he wants to impress upon our hearts, that's a standard of forgiveness that has no yes but attached to it. You see, too often as Christians, we hear that message about how we're supposed to be forgiving people, and then there's this yes but that gets attached to it at the end. There's those times in our lives in which we are, are allowing those yes but phrases and thoughts in our hearts to become the hardening agents that fortify our hearts against the standard of Jesus for the forgiveness of others. There are those moments when we say yes. Yes, I know that this is a situation in which Jesus is calling me to forgive, but... But the hurt is just too much. And there are those moments in which we're saying, yes, I know that Jesus wants me to forgive right here in this situation. But you have to understand that the wrong that's been done to me was just too great. And I just can't forgive. I'm convinced that the only way that we'll be able to honor Christ's calling to forgive one another, even as God in Christ has also forgiven us, Ephesians 4 and 32, the only way that we're going to be able to honor that calling of forgiveness that Christ gives to us is that we're going to have to open our hearts and we're going to have to make a big trade. We're going to have to trade, I'm going to have to trade my yes but for yes, Lord. No buts. Just yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I know how you want me to forgive. And that's what I'm going to do. There's another aspect out there among Christians 
that I believe points to how difficult and how hard it is for Jesus to imprint upon hearts. And that's, he's finding it difficult to imprint his other's first spirit upon hearts. It seems to me, it seems to me that hard times often reveal hard hearts. That in the hardest of moments, we start seeing and noticing the hardest of hearts. 2020 has been a hard year. It's been a hard year for us in many different ways. There have been many difficulties that we've had to deal with and we've had to overcome. But while there is hardness in this year, I have watched and seen so many Christians that were excelling at washing the feet of other people. I've seen so many of you, so many Christians that were out there serving and blessing and putting others first in their lives. But as I see that, I'm also recognizing and seeing that there are far too many Christians that are revealing hard Hard, me, me, me hearts. In the moments in which we should be putting others first, we have these hearts that are only saying, me, me, me. And eventually what happens is that we never allow Jesus to touch those hearts with that servant spirit that considers others more important than ourselves. And as that takes place, you you see, what happens is eventually all of those me, me, me's, watch this, all of those me, me's start to put and build hardened layers upon hardened layer, upon hardened layer of our hearts. And as it does that, it keeps Jesus from touching us as he wants to touch us. Each one of those me, me, me layers is saying, I need. And then there's another layer that says, I should. And then we put another layer on that that says, I deserve. And by the time we keep putting all of those layers on top of our hearts, they make them impossible for Jesus to imprint His other's first spirit upon. They make it impossible for Jesus to imprint his you, you, you spirit. Spirit in my heart that's not about me, but it's it's about you. What you need. What you deserve. And that you need to be first before my, me, before myself. Jesus wants to imprint, I believe, his towel in his basin of water deep, deep within our hearts so that every day, In every way, we'll be going out and we'll be saying and communicating that we have a servant, others first, 
heart to bless them with and honor our God. The last thing that I see out there that Jesus is having a hard time with, I see that Jesus is having a hard time imprinting his unity priority upon our hearts. Jesus' great prayer in John 17, as he's spending these last moments in prayer before his crucifixion, he's praying there, especially in 17 verses 21 through 23. And in that prayer and in those verses, he is communicating the depth of his heart and that his heart has a high priority for unity. Because he's praying for us, he's praying for his disciples, and his prayer is that we will all be one, and that ultimately we will be made complete, and we will be perfected in unity. Not just at that moment, but throughout all of the history of Christianity. That Jesus is praying that we would have hearts that honor and highlight and, and, and seek first the unity that we have, and that we share together in Christ at a level. Listen, at a level that is reflective of the unity that Jesus and the Father share themselves. That's the prayer. That's the type of priority for unity that Jesus had as he was praying there. Jesus wants to imprint upon our hearts a priority for unity that rises above worldly allegiances. A heart for unity that rises above our biases and the prejudices of the world. That rises above even our own religious legalism that takes root within congregations and churches. You see, it's a priority that Paul echoes in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 25. As he's saying to that church, there should be no divisions among the body. And that you should all have the same care one for another. That's the unity priority that Jesus had and the Spirit is revealing. But sadly, our history and even our present reveal that hard-hearted Christians have caused fractures and divisions in the peace, in the fellowship of the family of Christ. And what we've seen and what we've experienced are separations. Separations at all different types of levels. Separation between you and me at times. Separations on just a personal Christian level. And and we're not fellowshipping each other because of whatever's happened between us. But it's because of those hard hearts that we also begin to see in our congregations and in our pews the separations between us and them. And that happened before COVID started spreading us out. That was already there in our hearts. There was us and them already there in our hearts. And it was creating separation and disunity in the body of Christ. But it's reached even further, it's gone even deeper, that it's that heart of separation in local congregations around our brotherhood, around our uh, nation, and around the world even. That that heart and the lack of, of a priority for unity has led to what I call the West Main Church of Christ and the East Main Church of Christ And they're only five blocks apart. 
But the truth is, is they're so much further apart because their hearts are hard. And they're not pursuing unity like Jesus wants them to pursue unity. I know. (laughs) I know that this has not been my most encouraging sermon. I know this this hasn't been the most the most uh, uplifting sermon that I've had to preach that I've preached here in the last ten years, but I want you to know that I believe it's one of the most important lessons I preach for us here in that time. I believe it's a it's a lesson that I want to encourage us to have the kinds of hearts that I believe that we truly want to have. I believe we want a soft heart. I believe we don't want to have hardened hearts. And so as I say that, I'm going to leave you with these three words because I think they're the key to what Jesus wants for our lives. Soft. Tender. Open. Soft. Tender. Open. These are the states, these are the conditions of our hearts that allow Jesus to stamp and imprint every truth and every goodness on our hearts, just like we want Him to do. And I believe we can create those hearts if we'll look honestly at ourselves and we'll spot the hard places. Honestly, see the hard spots. And and then as we see them, then we'll tell, we'll just tell it to Jesus and tell each other about the things that we struggle with, with the areas of our hearts. And, and, And then once we tell that we'll be ready to change, that we'll tell Jesus and we'll tell others, I want to grow softer. I don't want this hardness in my heart. Pray with me. Walk with me. Encourage me to do that. And then the last thing is follow. Follow the Spirit as He leads you into the hands of Jesus that at that point do have the power to transform and change our hearts and imprint upon them the good and the truths that he longs to place within our hearts. This morning, I'm praying for our hearts. And I'm praying for our hearts and all those, but I'm praying especially this morning, maybe your heart is today ready For Jesus to print his salvation on your life. If you're ready for him to change and transform you in the waters of baptism, why don't you do that today while we stand and while we sing?